You are listening to Connect, Inspire, Create, and welcome to the next episode. I am your host, Carol Clegg, your accountability and productivity coach, sharing tools and topics on how to focus on simply establishing the foundation of your business, focusing on mindset, management, and marketing, and helping you track the progress. Our conversations include entrepreneurial journeys others have taken, marketing advice, and so much more. And now, on to the conversation. Welcome, you are listening to episode 106 with Connect, Inspire, Create. I am your host, Carol Clegg, and I work with women solopreneurs to help you find an effective accountability structure to help you make progress on what matters to you using my method of clarity, communication, community, and coaching. We find the right solution, which is individual to each person. But today we are focusing on finding your spark again in the pressure of what the world calls and defines as success. And I am joined by my guest today, Jean Tian. So welcome, Jean. Hi, Carol. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so uh, happy to be here today. I'm looking forward to these questions. I want me you to just share with our audience a little bit more about you. So I wanted to tell everybody, Jean is a professional speaker. She is an award-winning author and the creator of the Success Method, which we're going to dig into a little bit as we move down. But she is passionate about empowering and supporting other executives who are ready to disrupt that status quo and level up their success without the hustle and the grind. And Jean, you're also the host of your own podcast, Being Unapologetically Authentic. And love that word, authentic. I know it comes up time and time again, and I just certainly think that it's a really important word to reflect on. And I know you have shared that you know how soul-crushing it can be to work so hard to get where you are today and then still feel that your success feels empty. So those are part of the things that we're going to jump into. But as a firstborn daughter of Asian immigrants, Jean followed her parents' formula for success. And you graduated from an Ivy League university and you worked in a corporate setting that would provide a nice paycheck. Those were the definitions of success then. But you you found the light. (laughs) And so even as you shared your corporate career really flourished, you'd really moved the goalpost in a short period of time. But as you said, you started going, huh, what is this? What is this age-old formula for success? And you weren't being you. So I know that you shared with over 20 years of experience, you know what it feels like to juggle a successful career while being a mom and then still feeling that it's just, you're not getting there. So no matter how hard you work to achieve, you knew you couldn't reach it if you kept pushing yourself to conform to the expected definition of success. And that's where the success method comes in, where you love to work with clients to help them want to go on with not having to give up all they've already earned, but still fine. So welcome, welcome again, and thank Thank you. you. Thank you So, so much. I'm looking forward to learning more about, you know, all of this, finding your spark again in the pressure of what the world calls success. But I would love to just start with two random questions. Okay. Um, <laughs> just to throw these at you. 
what is something that people would be surprised to know about you? And I have to say, I have a little heads in because I peeked on your website, but I'd love for you to share anything that people would be really surprised to know about you. So that's such a good question. And um, now I'm curious what's on my website that you know. <laughs> um, there was something about ice cream. So I think that comes up quite often. Oh, yes. I, oh, yes. So um, it's it's hilarious. Um, over, over the period of time, uh, especially during the pandemic, um, we, my family, my family and I, my husband, we, we, we couldn't sit at home. So we took a lot of these local road trips and then we decided to make it into and give it a purpose into a game and give it a purpose. So we started to look for and travel to various lighthouses around the area where I'm in. And so we discovered so many amazing parks near us. But additionally, we started looking for local ice cream places. That's just something that my husband, I don't know why, like I noticed this in every trip we go on, he has to find a local ice cream place. So that'll also become our thing. So we'll look, you know, we don't want, there's nothing against Carvel's or any of the bigger chain ones, but we want the local ones that hand make, that hand make their ice cream and with cream. And especially like, you know, interesting is when it's part of a dairy farm. So yeah, we love, we love that. Um, but I also think, you know, one of the things when people meet me is that I have such a type A personality, but I'm not necessarily a type A person. Um, and so I think, you know, that has created a lot of tension within my life, within my body, because of the fact that I am this person, but I'm not this person. And and that's kind of what started a lot of um, the personal development and the personal growth that I started. Right. Yeah. So, well, that's fabulous. Um, and ice cream comes any time of the year. That's oh, winter oh, or summer. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> then, uh, we were actually skiing uh, the weekend of Christmas here, which is cold in the nor- in New York. That's where I am. And we had to go to the local ice cream place. Um, we got in at half an hour before they closed. So it was perfect. <laughs> oh, that sounds wonderful. I have one more question for you, Jean. And that's just to reflect. And this can be looking back in your life or it can be literally last week. Who has been the kindest to you? I think that's such a great question because you're using the word kind rather than nice. And I think if you really think about who's been the kindest, I want to say my mom has actually been the kindest person to me. She's not always been the nicest person, but she's always been the kindest person. And uh, for that, I'll always be so grateful for her. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. And it is, I think it's so important to take that time to reflect on kindness and yes. to just sort of sit in it and realize that we can be kind too and how important it is because look at you, you know, reflecting on that and recognizing your mom, which is wonderful. So thank you for sharing that. Those are two great questions. (laughs) So let's dig in to finding out a little bit about this whole, you know, definition of what the world calls success, feeling empty, moving into finding that there are other ways to to look at that. Um, So one of the topics that I know that you shared that you've spoken on is if we keep on living in the past tense, it's not serving us. So how can we look at identifying areas um, in our past that are holding us back? 
That's such a great question because it's so key to the success method as well. And that really is about questioning our beliefs today and, and questioning our actions today. So in terms of looking at the reason we do what we do today and the reason behind what it is. So for example, let's say, let's take the ice cream perspective, right? Um, and the ice cream example. Um, if I've always loved vanilla ice cream, even since I was a child, you know, and every time I go into an ice cream store, I will never vary from vanilla. I'll always get vanilla. I refuse to try chocolate or strawberry or anything else. Now I would, you know, you can take something as simple as that, something as basic as that in our lives and question, well, why, why am I always getting vanilla? Why do I refuse to try some different flavor, which I could very much enjoy? Um, and we look at, well, because I, vanilla holds a special place in my heart because, you know, maybe it's the treat that was after a baseball game or it's the feel better treat from our parents. And so it brings up the memories from the past that create a lot of our preferences and our actions and our beliefs today. And so it's such a simple example, but I think it's such a strong example from that emotional affiliation, from the memories perspective, and how our past can influence and dictate our behaviors today. Mm, and I think of that being that closed mindset, in a certain sense, associates with that. Um, yeah. You know, being curious is can we change? Um, can we change away from the vanilla ice cream? It's funny. I just what, when you shared that, I had a funny story that kind of that I remembered a memory but when we first moved to this country from South Africa we discovered Subway subsequently sorry Subway we we will not eat your sandwiches <laughs> but we ate the same thing it was a chicken teriyaki something or other and the whole family used to order the same sandwich I have no idea why probably because <laughs> everything else was far less appealing <laughs> that continuation of sticking to something else. But yeah, I think that, you know, being curious um, and, and stepping into trying something else and letting go. I mean, I, I hear you when you say about the memories and that association. Yeah. So, you know, does one then, how do you work with replacing that good association with vanilla ice cream? Is it making a new memory? It could be. And we're not saying that you have to choose something different. We're not saying, and I'm not saying that you have to, you know, you have to change from vanilla, but the question really is, is that do you really still enjoy vanilla today? And are mm. you really not going to try um, the swirl or, you know, uh, one of my favorites is like peanut butter and chocolate ice cream. Right. And so what, and, and by refusing to expand our experiences, by refusing to have that closed and, and fixed mindset and to stick to only what we know, we close ourselves off from having so many other different experiences that can be enriching in our lives, right? right? And you know what? We can try the peanut butter and chocolate ice cream and say, that's disgusting. I don't want it. I'm going to, you know, go back to my favorite, which is vanilla. And that's okay. But at but least you long, tried it. Exactly. And yeah. we know that in the present moment, vanilla is still what appeals to our taste buds right. rather than being influenced by the past and, you know, having the past dictate what it is that we do today. 
And how would you align that when you come into the corporate world or come into, you know, even my, a lot of my audience are solopreneurs or perhaps looking at starting a business? What is some of that baggage that can have us stuck? Yeah. And let's not even talk about baggage in the negative sense, but let's talk about the baggage in terms of the corporate mentality that we've been taught, right? About the grooming that we've had to go through in the school system, whether it's um, elementary or high school or college. We've been taught that hard work is the only way to get to success, that the more work we do, And, you know, the more that we'll be able to succeed, but, and that works to a certain point in our lives, right? So when we go, when we first start out right after university, we have to, you know, we, we put in the time to learn the trade, right? But then there's a point, there's a shift that has to happen. And most of us aren't taught to make that shift, to make that transition phase. We just keep working and just, working and working yeah. and expecting that we're going to continue to get rewarded for the same behavior, for the same skill set. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest detriment that we can ever do to ourselves, right? Because at a certain level, once we've passed the worker B level, we now have to elevate ourselves to that next leader level, right? To be a personal leader, a professional leader regardless of whether or not we have a team to manage or not, or whether or not we're owning our own business. But it's that how do we then shift from I have to work hard to how do I gain this leadership? How do I set myself apart from other people rather than having a great, you know, um, than having like no mistakes on a on right. an Excel spreadsheet, et cetera, <laughs> right? So, I think that that's kind of one of the main things that I see in corporate that is holding a lot of us back. And, you know, this mentality of, oh, we have to be worker bees. We have to be robots. We have to be, um, and, you know, there's so much within corporate that's so fixed in how corporate started and why it started. And let's be honest, corporate started and, you know, between you and me and all your listeners, right? Corporate started in an environment where, it was a male dominated world. And so a lot of the practices in corporate have not changed from that origin. And even before it started, you want to take a look at, you know, where that happened from. Right. So a lot of the practices that we do now, right? Like women are fighting for their equal rights, et cetera, et cetera. But we have to really look at the practices and kind of the performance evaluations and the metrics that we're looking at. And are they even still relevant today? Right. Yeah, I mean, that brings course, me right? into, you know, I, I say so many aren't, and I, I applaud companies that look at, the, you know, recognizing their culture and going, how can we change this? How can we yeah. be more mindful? How can we recognize humans as individuals? Yeah. And, yeah. you know, because the, the success of a company is not just that person at the top. Mm-hmm. And recognizing, and that even comes down to a store. You know, people sometimes when they think of even a restaurant, you know, you might think that your floor manager is the most important person, but they are not. And it's recognizing everybody who pulls together, you know, in that team. But this brings me into one of my next questions where I wanted to ask you, how can we recognize that we're in this cycle that we need to break out of? And then just redefine, you know, how can we more authentically look at success? So we're in the cycle, we're stuck, 
we need to get out of it, but we want to be ourselves and feel fulfilled. We can start. (laughs) That's such a great question because I think for most of us, we hear the word authentic, we hear the word success, we hear, you know, and we feel, and I think for me, it was always this nagging feeling that, you know, going to work nine to five wasn't just there. It wasn't enough for me. And I always knew that I wasn't being utilized and, and putting in my fullest potential. And I think if there are people out there in your audience that feel that way, that feel this tension of, you know, I know that I'm capable of doing more and yet I'm not really sure how to do more or how to achieve more, then this is a really great indication that we need to look into this authenticity aspect of our success, right? And you can't be authentic without acceptance is what I always say. And so it's learning how to accept ourselves first before we can learn to be authentic. Because we've been trained since we birth, basically, to be something. And this something, you know, is not necessarily going to be, um, I think, tied to who you are from an authenticity perspective. Right. right. It's tied to what the world's expecting. And as you said, going back to, you know, exactly. what your parents expected of you, what the world expects of you, and you you jump onto that treadmill and and then we sometimes question, you know, when you that what you said, accepting yourself, that is so important because those negative voices that jump up all the time and can be really loud <laughs> is the ones that we have to go, okay, you're there and push them aside and go, I'm okay with some of the things or my likes and my dislikes and eating vanilla ice cream. <laughs> you know, those are all okay. Um, I don't have to like what the next person you know likes and I know I think you perhaps either wrote a blog or this was one of your podcast episodes where you discussed the power of choice yes and that you can move from the stress to fulfill so I mean are they like tiny baby steps are they sort of you know the overarching what is that how do you move yeah, you could be both. It could be huge choices that you make to make, you know, and and to have material changes in your life, or it could be small choices that we make on a day-to-day basis. And I think sometimes people look at it like, oh, well, it's so small, it's not going to really make a difference in our lives. But it actually, I disagree. When we start, when we start to make small changes through our choices that are more authentic to ourselves bigger things, bigger changes happen. And it leads to bigger results, actually. Yeah. And I think it's that, that sense of that achievement when you do take those baby steps and you, you touch on some other emotions and some other feelings and some other experiences, they might be new, but then to, to sit in those for a while and um, allow that to be, to kind of give you strength in a way to keep moving, to keep moving forward. Yeah. And yeah. No, yeah, I love absolutely. it. It's like that fuel, right? It's right. Like, that, this that feels really good, right? And <laughs> I want to do it again and again. And so, um, so yeah, so I, I absolutely agree. Yeah. So I have one last question for you um, okay. before I, I'd love to hear more about what your next projects are. But I think that, and I'm sure you've probably come across this a lot. Why is it so difficult for women to ask for help? Oh, that's such a good question. And I actually hadn't thought of it. I think a lot of it is conditioning, 
that, you know, this concept of strong women don't, good women don't, you know, and even just take the women out, good people don't, or strong people don't, right? And you take the gender away. There's an aspect of asking for help that shows weakness. And I think that, you know, there are, there are areas and, and expectations that we have to be perfect. We have to be the perfect mom. We have to be the perfect daughter. We have to be the perfect student, whatever it is, put it in there. We have to be this perfect, this idea of perfection. And that idea of perfection, I think, is what's holding us back. Because mm. one person, like you said, you can't do it all. You can't. And no. so we need help. Yeah. And, you know, like, I think that there's this misconception that in order to be successful, we have to do it all. Right. That's just a crock of me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I had one somebody tell me, you know, from a, a word of advice is if you're wanting to offer your help to somebody, instead of just saying, you know, how can I help you, is getting very specific and going, can I help you by picking up your groceries today? Or can I help you by, you know, whatever, taking your car in to fill it up with gas and being very specific to give somebody the opportunity to then say yes or no. You know, I'm okay. I've got my groceries covered. Thanks. You know, to try and find an, an easier way to be able to help each other. Yeah, I love that. And then the other aspect, too, I think that just came to mind, too, is the people pleasing aspect that is so strong within our core. Like all of us, we have an aspect of people pleasing. We're afraid to disappoint. We're afraid to potentially upset somebody or inconvenience somebody. And so, you know, our nurturing selves, we all just take care of it, right? Right. Um, but what happens then is that we don't take care of ourselves. Right. And so, so that's that boundaries word that comes up there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's lovely. Well, Jean, I would love to know what upcoming project are you excited about? What's next? Oh, thanks so much for asking, Carol. I'm so excited to actually share uh, that my book called Your Success Blueprint will be launching and released in February of 2023. And so it will give and it will give the exact seven steps of the success method so that you can use that method to create your blueprint, right? And become the architect of your own success rather than going through this process of doing what everybody else thinks you should do. You're going to take those little steps. You're going to become more fulfilled by living through this authenticity and all these like good words. But at the end, what's going to happen is that it up levels your success and you can see that you can have it all. Right. Wonderful. Well, that is exciting. And I know that this episode is going live in February. So I hope that I'll be able to have a link to finding your book in the show notes. So that'll be wonderful. And then I have just to check in with you where you'd love people to connect with you. So I have your website, mm-hmm. which is jeantian.com, and I'll spell it for everybody, but it will be in the show notes. So it's J-E-A-N-T-I-E-N.com. And we'll have the book link available for you. And then as far as social media, um, where is your favorite place to connect with your community? Yeah, so I share a lot on Instagram and that my handle is Jean F. Tien. Um, And then if you're more corporate, then I'm also on LinkedIn. Those are really the two play, uh, social platforms that I'm on. Wonderful. Well, I'll make sure to have those both in the show notes. So Jean, thank you for sharing your wisdom. Thanks so much for having me. This was today. fun. So, thanks to everybody who has been listening. If you feel inspired, 
by our conversation today. I'd love for you to share it wherever you share your content. And if you would like to find resources, tips, and tools for your solopreneur journey, do stop by my resource page at carolclegg.com. And I encourage you this week to explore, connect, inspire, create. So that would be your own way of connecting authentically, (laughs) inspiring, or creating this week that will bring joy to your world. So until the next time.